This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. small correction when he speaks about selflessly I gain a lot from being here it's really um, I was here the first time in this particular Makram last year and to watch and to see I've had experience a lot of boys from Silver Spring came over the years here and what they got from here and the change it made in their lives it's incredible I, it, it's very inspiring it's, uh, it's really something very special and it's uh, I gain a lot more than I give I think um so, her, I guess, about the, this type of mahalach and so on, from the parsha, in the parsha, one of the things that's spoken a little more by Richos than other places is Maisasheni. So, the parsha starts, Aset Aset Koltfuas Arecha, Ayetza Sodashana Shana. So, there's a cloliastic mitzvah of Maisa, and, um, and it immediately goes into Maiseshani. And as an addendum, the passage that was just mentioned, at the end, So most of it is shown him in general, I mean, it's the, the simple pshat, that the, the point of Shumas and Maiseshani is to support the Kahanim and Leviyam. Aniyam need to be supported. Kahanim and Leviyam are doing Avodos HaKodesh and so on. My sashemi is, it's done with food, but it's an anomaly of all the other things, trumas, maise, recent trumas, maise, um, and so on. It, it's sort of an anomaly in terms of what you do with it. And, and, and it's hard to think that something that's in the same genre of zroyim would, would be a very different type of mitzvah. So I think the nekuda here is as follows. Um, the... the the way of being Mekaddish, things in this world, has two mahalchim. There's one mahalach when you, when you mafrish a chalik for Kaddish, and it's kula Kaddish. That's the rashis, it's always referred to rashis, rashis the gancha, and so on. It's always seen as the rashis, the chalas, the rashis, the trumas, the rashis, the bikurmas, the These are, this is the starting point. So you take something, you mafresh it as kulei kodesh, and that's one mahalach. The um, that itself still leaves a gap. To be able to take what's left, the chulin, and to use it in a way that integrates or weaves in with normal activities, and it's still as kodesh, is unique. In other words, everybody and anybody needs and should eat Maiseshani, sh- should be mafish Maiseshani. Maiseshani has in itself a quality that you don't find in, other, in, in, in any other Kedusha, is the portability. Um, you, you, you can take it, you can, Moshal Hegdish, when you pay the Hegdish, it's sort of the end of it. You took the chayfets, you makdish kachibere kapayas, the money becomes kaidesh, the chayfets goes chul, that's it. My sesheni, the Pasik talks about it in terms of portability. 
it's something that can be turned into money. Money is, is the portable uh, element in human activity. And then you take again and put into something else and something else. The Pasik says, Vinasata So you take the same kesef and you incorporate it in whatever there is that you want to do. So on the one hand, it's the things you like and enjoy. On the other hand, you took it with Kesef Maisa. So the ability to take it and to um, reuse it, to, to incorporate something else and turn that into something where the Tzurav eating it is Kaddish, the Makram is Kaddish, the, the way you eat it. So you're taking things that the Pasuk calls ta'ave and yesholcha nafshecha, which implies things that are very kind of, these are things that you want, desire, and crave, and then turn it into something else. I'd like for a minute to apply it, I guess, to this type of setting. Chinuch, um, our normal chinuch, takes place in a setting that is at least meant to be isolated from day-to-day life. The, the, the less involved you are, the more the, the classroom is meant to be apart from real life. You, you, you set that in focus, and it's obviously a critical part of Chinuch is to have that sense of this is not part of life, this is Kurdish, and so on and so forth. And, and that's one part of Chinuch. But the problem with that is it's hard to integrate that into, it does, there's always a gap between that and everything else. So yes, this is the time that I'm learning. These are the years I'm learning. This is the place that I'm learning. But the rest of life is kind of sort of uh, loose. It's not, it's not part of it. To be able to live for six weeks and a full life, that's teoretic. I remember myself, I grew up in America at a time when... Um, things were different. The word yeshiva didn't exist. There may, there may maybe when I remember 60 people in Lakewood, 70 people in Lakewood. I mean, <coughs> high school was not at all. I still remember when I was in eighth grade, the big deci- I, I went to a school called RJJ, the first RJJ, Madura Kama, where it still was not clear that after eighth grade, people would continue to yeshiva high school. Uh, Stuyvesant was a magnet school, was a very, it was, you know, Brandt School of Science. There were a whole bunch of different options not yeshivas, and it was a little struggle. That was, this, and yeshivas had an influence, but then I went to camp in the summer, and being a summer in an integrated, the music you heard on the loudspeaker, the loudspeaker were the thing they had for the earbuds, they had a, a clothes stick earbud for the whole, that's what a loudspeaker is, I, I, I feel I have to explain the Yiddish, and in, 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 after translate Yiddish, um, the, I remember, it was David Werdiger's, it does about the only singer in those days, was David Werdiger's records were playing all day, and then he himself came to the camp. You dabbled together, you benched together. The learning was, even though it was kind of a right-wing camp, the, the learning was an hour a day in the morning and a voluntary half hour in the evening. Today, you wouldn't even count as modern orthodox. That was the, the, <laughs> the it, was, it was that type of, but it was incredible. There was, you didn't see a newspaper for six weeks. It, it really was an atmosphere where everything Everything integrated into it. And I believe, and, I, and it certainly was a critical 
part of my development, and I believe for many of the people, it, it was a, a seminal moment in, in, in their formation as Torah. So this type of environment gives, it, it's something we struggle with in our high school, to how to find complementary programs where you sing together, you play together. It, it, it's, it's, it adds so much, and it's a vehicle for so much to accomplish. So this is, this is the type of environment that, and the fact that it's only a few weeks, the fact that it's a lot of fun also, besides the, the ruchness, is not besides. It's, it's part of what makes it what it is. So a lot of atzlacha, and, and Chazak Ramatz, it's really the accomplishments. And again, what I see, boys that come here, it's a transformative experience for most boys, and, and keep doing it, Bez Hashem. Okay, the Rebbe's now agreed to uh, take some questions. Um, I haven't agreed to answer them. I'll take the questions. <laughs> but... I'm told that the, the Rebbe's are going to be given the first opportunity to ask questions. So first the Rebbe's, and then we will open it up to us. There's been a lot of controversy with different people saying things. With Lovyansky has been um, written as a Haskama on certain farm, has taken back his Haskama on certain farm. How can a Mechanech find the right Hashkafa to tell to modern Orthodox boys what they should be telling them or what they shouldn't be telling them? You're talking about the Gufa Shalinian or you're talking about the bigger picture or so? So, I guess in general, there, there, there is not only nothing wrong, I think it's positive where you tell people there are different approaches and the consensus, it's, it's like a bell curve in statistics. There's a certain strong consensus at one point, there's somewhat of a, of, of a consensus and there's real outliers. You know, it's, it's one of the things when, when you talk about hashkafa. And actually, it's when I when I introduce the Sefer Sodatera, when I when I try to explain people what it's about, in halacha, the, the consensus, the psak is fairly easy to locate. You have a Gemara, you have the Rif, you have a Shacharach and Ramah, also Kalim, and now occasionally a, a, a psak, but more or less you can put a finger on it. In Ashkaf, it's much harder. But so generally speaking, we we look at the Rishonim, and what we can give our Talmidim is. The Rambam Shita about Karbanis. So it's the Rambam Shita. You know, it's, it's in, in, in terms of consensus, it's an outlier. There are questions on it. It's still the Rambam Shita. It's so, it, it, to build that model that what's appropriate in Ashkafa is where there's a general consensus, and, and it doesn't take away if the Rambam is the Rambam, then, then it's a Shita. It, I, I think the, creating the picture where um, there is a sense that you stick towards a, a, a certain midpoint. You say, if old Rishonim more, it's like when you're learning, I guess, in the mirror, the, the Shi'urim were always to explain the different Shitas. It wasn't to decide, it wasn't a halach orientation. So the question was, how do we understand a mahalokis? So there was a sense where most Rishonim tend to have this mahalach. Tazirid is very mechodesh, understand Tazirid, but when you're looking at the sugi, you take that in, into, into account. I think it's the only way that, I think it's emes, to, to look at it that way, and, and people should get a sense of what's unusual, and it, it, it remains the Rambam Shita and Karbanis. 
it has its, there are a lot of kashas on it. No, no one else seems to go with it. So what I should adapt as my mahala, and what should be seen as the big picture, I think that that's the right way to go about it. Yeah. Um, so to start it, I, I very much enjoyed uh, the Russian different part of the beginning, both the very color as well as like, the perspective, I guess, on in the history of the American Jewish community and the development of it. I guess I want to hear the Russian development a little more expound upon, I guess, dreams for American Jewry, directions for American Jewry, dangers for American Jewry, where as American people are also in American, uh, you know, where, where, where are we going, what should, where should we be going, what should we have to think about? There's a saying that a very good economist can explain to you the history of, econ- of, of, of economics. The best can explain to you what's happening now. No one can predict the future. Um, you know, I, I think we've been taken, I, I, I always say, if somebody intelligent and rational was standing in 1945, and observing the world, and he would be asked, what's the future for jury, especially Torah-observant jury? Any intelligent rational person would say, zero. Um, everything was gone. Uh, Europe was gone. Uh, it, 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 it was not yet. Um, uh, America had, was wretched. So, and why would somebody, it was hard enough when things were good you know, there was there was a, a, a community, and then it fell apart. What, what's what's uh, you know, how, how will it reverse itself? Dashkach was different. Let's take a look at the opposite picture. That floor was the Rav in Frankfurt, in the end of the 1700s. The, the last part of the 1700s. I don't know exactly which year, but he wrote about the city of Frankfurt. It's it's a ruchnis Ganeden. Ein Peretz, Ein Tzvacha, ear full of Chachamim, everything in the world possible. Um, incredible. He, he writes it in a very, in his Akdam, writes it, it's an amazing city, and it was. It was a, 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 a Torah center of the world. By 1830 something, the majority of the Kehillah Council was reformed. And in 1840 something, the rabbi was reformed. Had it had it fall apart? In other words, it's an illusion to sit and to look how things are and to think ahead. So I would say, I'm always wary, I guess, in economics, the same thing. When you have a bubble that comes up suddenly, you're always wary because has have the Paris outpaced the roots, the solidity. In, in, in my days, again, going back to, I don't want to sound like old men, but it's, it's part of the business. The, 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 uh, uh, when people made the transition, and you would know it, when people make the transition to become B'nai Torah, it was a struggle. It was a decision. It was a struggle. And, and you, 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 you did it because a lot had been built up inside to do it. Baruch Hashem, when a kid grew up in that environment, it's natural. But then you worry and ask yourself, how deeply rooted is it? It's almost a paradox. So I, I, I wonder sometimes, and you know, the get of Asher and Fachatomid, you don't want to be Pesach Peh, but you also have to be How do we, how do we root it 
to people that didn't go through the struggle, that don't have to make decisions, that things in an environment like this, I don't know, but you meet boys who make their decisions. In these six weeks, a lot of the boys struggle and make decisions, and, and that's the mile of their type. But what do you do, Baruch Hashem, when somebody is established and he's in a community where everybody is 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 Osik and Torah and about everything, but then there never was that process that had developed roots. I, I, to me, I don't know. I I, 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 I wonder about it, and I, uh, I I struggle thinking how how do you do that? Maybe I would uh, ask the question a little bit differently. Does the, does the Rebbe identify, is there one thing, a lot of us, all of us here over the summer are dealing with high school boys. Um, I deal all year with high school boys also. But um, the, the question is, does the Rebbe, can the Rebbe identify, what does the Rebbe think, let's say, for the kid in high school, what is the biggest challenge that that, that, that boy, obviously different boys, has different, but if, is there one general closely challenge that has the Rebbe think we should address that challenge? So, again, I hate to generalize this and that, but I think even in the, I think in, in the communities I'm more familiar with a little bit, it used to be that there was a musig of Yigia Kapecha Kisochal. In other words, um, it, the money wasn't so abundant, and if you wanted a bicycle, that was before they had scooters and cars, they had bicycles, you had to a kid would work. You would work and earn it. it, it, it things, it, even, there weren't, weren't so many wealthy people when I remember growing up. And the level of wealth and the level of, ability, of affordability wasn't nowhere near this. So there was a certain sense of accomplishment. Um, it, the um, Rabbi Neuberger from, Rabbi Yaakov Neuberger told me, one of the things that bothers him is, the fact that so fewer people in university are choosing to go into medicine and business is the magnet because the money is not in being the doctor, it's in the guy who owns the doctor's office. That's, that's, that, that's the, the, so people are into a shefa, but there's no sense of satisfaction when working and achieving. What, the, the, what in a yeshiva, more than the Musa Shmuzen, what keeps people connected is sweating over a ktsois, over rajba, and coming up with pshat, and, and, and really feeling good about it. Kaddish Baruch Hu made people that the, that the ultimate satisfaction is yigiyah kapecha kisoch hashar But the common denominator is amolay. And when things come easy, so on the one hand, we have a lot more help. We, we, can, we have a lot more tools so they can serve you the daf on, on, in every way possible, in how many minutes you want, in, 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 in whatever if you want. It's a tremendous tool, but we have less and less a sense of harving and enjoying it. The, the work and enjoying the work is the root of a person. Baruch Hashem, a lot of things we have to struggle for, we don't have to struggle for. But, I mean, in, in, by us in high school, we're not a wealthy community, but at the end of the year, you know, when they have the massive clean-out, you know, like, like when the final sign, if you don't take it by this Friday, everything will become half-cam, we really mean it, with three exclamation points, we have enough coats left over to stock a warehouse. 
Why? Because a code is a code. It's nothing. You, you press on Amazon, it comes and, and the next day, and it's nothing. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, so, so it doesn't mean anything. It, it, you know, so Baruch Hashem, the word have, not having a code doesn't exist today. You know, the cold the boy and the cold freezing it doesn't exist. But on the other hand, we don't have the satisfaction. And in Ruchnius, it's double that. It, um, let's give another example. I, I have a cousin about Bram Shmolevitz Shlita. He's a Prime Shmolevitz's son. He learns in the, he's in the Yeshiva, one of He's older than me a few years. And, and Adam Khashiv, he, he had a certain affinity for Chesidus. He was close to the Gary Rebbe. He has a certain connection uh, for it. And there'd be a lot of conversations where he would be sharp about what he feels some of the shortcomings of, 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 uh, of the literature world is. So one Hanukkah, he says, he, told me, he tells me, he says, so you bought these ready-made, ready-lit Hanukkah lights, right? He said, the tachlis of Hanukkah is to soak your hands in oil and get the cotton threads under your, under your, your fingernails. It used to be you had to make these wicks out of cotton and pump them, and it was, it was, it was messy at the end of the day. But, but his point was well taken. The, the point of, of Hanukkah is to get involved, to sweat, to, to, to let it become part of you. Um, it used to be that when you shafted a chicken, you brought it to the sheikh, you want to be bite a kid, you, 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 you had to salt it. There was a sense of identity with it. Uh, today we get it prepackaged, frozen. So we, we lost that. So, yes, it's easier, more convenient. You're able to do more things, but we lose on it. I, I think that that's, it's a challenge of Ashir's Bar Hashem, and hopefully we're able to cope with it. Hopefully we're able to, to do what we're supposed to do. <clears throat> so, Shabbat so Barfanello was coming up, and we've heard stories of the Gola Yisrael that Shabbat Barfanello came, and the Kodesh Elul and the entire seaboard breaks out into tears, and the Chaltayim cried, and the Shabbat cried, and most of it was like Rosh Hashanah. Um, so, two questions on that. One, is, is that a Maya that we're striving to reach, uh, the Hergish of, of the fear of, of Pachad Elul? Um, and how do we get there? And I guess in the more general way, like, uh, how do we inject Yiddishkeit with more Hergish nowadays, where it seems like much harder to find people who would cry about a chapter of Rachel. So, a very good point. I, I, I'll share something. One of the I, I think he said it over from his Rebbe in Tal's Rebbe Chaim Stein, he said, life in Europe used to be so hard that it took the slightest touch to set off your emotions. And it was easier to become emotional. And, you know, like KML and everything, people struggled to put bread on the table, literally. People had so many issues. And, when, and, and therefore, every time the music of Yermadin came up, it was very imminent. The way somebody who's Rahman are not well, refrains becomes very meaningful and so on. We don't have that, Baruch Hashem again. But the question is, how do we somehow, how do we conjure up emotion? So I think there is a Mila. In other words, when a person is struggling physically, then yes, it's easy to reach out to Baruch Hu, but it, it's very tied to my natural needs. I know that I'm not sure where we'll have supper this week. I'm not sure where my kids will get a coat for winter and so on. But the other hand, the real sense of meaning in life, 
the sense of what's the point of it, the sense of deeper questions. So the easier, the, the lower-lying fruit of an imminent problems affect us less possibly, but I guess in the sense of um, thinking more deeply, so many people struggling with, with emotional issues, with personal issues, and being able to, to, to sit back and be misboning. I'm put into this world, I was given years of life. What am I doing with it? Where am I going with it? How will I answer 120 what I did with everything? It takes more hisboniness, but I think in the end it, it reaches a deeper part of a person. So if this is our tkufa, then we have to be able to, 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 to get that type of emotion. <coughs> Yeah. I think it's eight minutes. I want to. Be, I, I don't want to. Let's. Let's. Yeah. Because we already have eight stuff for for So if a person understands that, so now let's uh, let's ask ourselves in the things that I'm. Let's say learning. These are the tools. Which part of my learning is developing my muscles? It's the same thing, you know, like having a car um, means that we can get to so many places that we haven't gotten, but on the other hand, um, we lose our muscles. So we say to ourselves, okay, this amount of time uh, during the day I'm going to walk or do whatever it is, and I'll use the car to extend my reach and get to places I can't. And, and learning, it's also. These are tools. I need this tool, I need this tool. It's like I tell you, know, people ask about using Gemaras in English, using Snap. It's a crutch. When you're hobbling, a crutch is important, but you, you, you should be doing physical therapy. You should be slowly weaning off the crutch. Same thing with mitzvahs. We can pick and choose. Should I go bake matzahs or not myself? Well, let's weigh it. Which mitzvahs do I need to be involved myself and sweat? And which ones do I take on the platter? So, for instance, if I'm busy scrubbing people's houses for Pesach, I'm and you say, I, I know someone who does that to a few people in a, in a, in a certain s- town in, in, in an America, a certain city, where they took upon themselves helping Almanis and some it's a sizable community. So they're busy the week before Pesach, two weeks before Pesach, cleaning people's houses, scrubbing it, rubbing it, and that's so fine. So they can take the matzah. A person needs to make a chesh and their fish. Where do I put my emailers into it? But I need to definitely feel there's something that I'm working on. A bit louder if I can answer, yeah. Vulnerable in what set? Like, friends, what do you mean? What, what, what do you mean by the word vulnerable? Just uh, like when you ask the questions of like, who am I? Or why am I here? It puts them in a situation where they're not sure if their whole life up until that point, like maybe they're doing things wrong, or maybe they're not sure if they continue acting the same way they've been. So it's very hard for them, or it's scary for them to change everything they've been until now to become something different. So I think if you rephrase it. In other words, 
we don't live automatically. Every morning there's a decision that you are to live. Kaddish Baruch Hu that morning said, such and such a person has a reason to exist. What, whoever he is, his background, where he's been till now, there's a place for, for you to move forward. You're not looking, you're not going to discard your first 15, 20 years of life in the sense that it was worthless. This is, who you are, this is where you were till now, and at that age, you made a decision and you moved, because that's what Kosh wanted this morning. This morning, Kosh Baruch said, I am, you know, this person is, is, has a mission. And Akash Baruch believes in you. Akash Baruch said, I believe that this person, with the challenges he has, with his experiences, has a place to move forward. So it's not as if he's going to wake up one morning and say, those 15 years should not have existed. This is the way he was born. This is the way he was raised. This is his environment. It was, this was what Akash Baruch wanted when he turned 15 to make that move. And I, and I think that that's the way to understand it. My brother, Reb Nosson Tzvi, whose accomplishments, Reb Nosson Finkel, whose accomplishments as a Marbet story was incredible, had a very regular um, American suburban modern Orthodox upbringing. No, no, nothing special. Did everything a normal kid would do his age and his time and his place. And, and someone, Hesper, Reb Yaakov said on him, he didn't stop being an American. He used every part of his personality to move things forward. So all your experiences and everything you've gone through is going to move you forward. And I think that that's a message where, where Akash Baruch Hu says you, with your experience everything, can shoot forward um, incredibly. And you'll, f- and, and, you, and you'll be all the happier for it. Yeah? I already mentioned before that, people are learning more than ever and, and people are just, like buying into becoming the without accommodation related to that I think is this um, you know, it's the hardest question that a person faces. What's my tafkin in life? There's no easy answer for it. The easy answer is to have somebody, a mentor that knows you, can give you um, an answer that's emis for you, because each person is different. And, and, and at least it, it needs to be a decision. Um, and we find that afterwards if we made the right decision but it's it, even the struggle itself is important if a person is eager to leave the base medrash I remember when, as a boy I heard from Sean Shadron it says Ketina Kabareach Mebeisa Sefer so he said Ketina Sefer you know especially he was referring to the good old day Hadarim with, with sticks and whips the, the child doesn't leave a minute before the bell rings they, they know they're nothing like it but when the bell rings it's like the speed of light. He said it's a, it's a certain quality of, 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 of emotion, that it's a struggle. I once heard somebody speak. It was in a good uh, halacha get-together for business people. And someone I'd learned quite a few years in Kolo now was in the family business. Was, 
it's shared how after learning so many years, the mayor maybe I think it was like a decade, came back because the business, and he had to fix up a facility for an inspection, and it was down laying on the floor, checking the cracks or the water, whatever. Then he said to himself, "Boy, you've gone from sitting and learning your vomits to checking leaks," and he started sobbing. But still, that's his mitzvahs. That's what he's supposed to do, and he did, he's, he's he found his tafkid. But the emotional struggle is good. It's it's positive. It's a sign that a person. Let's give an example, a parallel. When a person gets married, you if if you had a positive home experience, it has a lot of emotions well up that you're leaving home. You're supposed to leave home. But the person says, thank goodness, I finally got out of there. It's not a good matzah. So the struggle itself is a good struggle, and you need someone to help you um, make that right decision. It's a, it's a, it, it should be the hardest decision you make, basically. A bit louder. Sorry, a Maisa Shari that happened this summer was a kid borrowed a different kid's charger for his phone and then lost it. And the kid asked the kid to help him find it and he said no. So the kid came to me and said, Can you help me try to get the other person to help me find the charger? So I asked the kid and he said, No, I don't care. So how do you sort of deal with people that feel like they don't that they're above Lidos and uh, above being a good person? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I usually believe the right time for these discussions is not at the minute when you you know when you're confronting, but I think you can sit down at some other point. Halachically, he has to pay for it, so you can sit down and say, um, and you can talk and say, you know, let us exchange." I just trying to think that the right thing to do halachically and by all standards is to pay for it. So why would you feel you don't want to help look for it? Would you rather pay for it? Um, even, and a lot of times, at this type, unless the child is lolino, a psychopath, who has no sense of good, a lot of times it's a result of bad experiences they've had. This is an anger. The, the, the child who wants to break a window, not at the age of four, but at, at 14, who smashes a car window with Africa, somebody's been smashing his windows. So you can talk to the child. Don't expect in the conversation that there'll be a logical back and forth. But he'll hear what you're saying, and if you say it, benachas. when you speak to somebody and accusing him, I can't imagine what kind of law life you are, what kind of bad person you are that usually then the person sees it as an attack the child and pushes back. But if you try to evoke some sort of sense and say, you know, imagine if people act like that to you. Sometimes he'll say, they do. A lot of times you'll get that. But if not, you could talk to him. It comes, it goes in. And especially by, by a teenager, they'll absorb it. At some point, it will blossom or it'll explode. But that's the, that's the way to go about it. There's something unusual about that type of thing. The, 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 normally a child will say, I did, I tried, it's his fault. That's, that's the norm. For them to say, I don't care. But you can tell them, you explain to them, say, you know, how long he's supposed to, and imagine somebody takes your stuff, doesn't, like, how would you feel? What's the right thing to do? What, what do you think the right thing to do is? Get the conversation going and see where it goes. Time for one or two more questions. Yeah.
You're asking how tefillah is different, Shabbat Hashem? What's the second half of your question? Just yeah, to, that's, 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 it's one of the very difficult parts of Yiddishkeit. Is I once heard from Yaakov Weinberg an interesting observation. He said um, Yiddishkeit <coughs> took away from the world Avodazara. Well, he started before that. He said... Avodah is a natural, um, the sense of a higher power is a natural emotion of a person. Kashbach put it in us. Kalayasol came and took away the concept of Avodah It affected the world. Avodah became pretty much bottled. But the Ummah Solom could not hold on to that. A God that's faceless, bodiless, insubstantive, is, it's very, very difficult to relate so they took a half a step back, and they and it became a person who was crucified. He 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 looks sad. He's he, you know you can you can picture it, and you can sort of arouse. You can empathize with it. That that was a need for it. It it, it is incredibly difficult to to be able to like you said with no images, and to conjure up those feelings. What. I would suggest is um, a person has an experience that he stood someplace before somebody that he was very nervous. It could be a job interview, anything of that nature. To, to picture those emotions, I'm, not the person. Picture the emotions you had when you when you were under scrutiny and a, a very important somebody had a very important decision to make about you. And see if you can at least keep those emotions. Um, that's really the, the way to do it. In other words, our reactions should be in line with that, but we can't picture anything. And, and again, the Shavisa Hashem Negdi Summit is a difference between someone watching me to the ability to communicate. It's, it's, it's in, in the same setting, this, you know, we're in a setting where somebody's looking at me versus a setting where... I can talk, and it, and it has two different levels of emotions. Shavisa Hashanah Summit is, I'm always being observed. It's, it's fascinating. Now, now that cameras are ubiquitous on streets and stores and so on, people still don't have the feeling like that. But you see people doing all sorts of things that you would never expect if the person knew someone is watching, and we see it. So it's a certain sense of that. But then when you have to talk and address a person, it's a whole new set of emotions. Tefillah is that sense of communication, which, which should arouse big emotion, but it, it's a struggle for everybody. It is. We have time for one last question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that Tefillah uh, and everyone is learning is, is, is bouncing through crutches, but also playing online to move forward. And, and also how a, a big challenge in our generation is that no one wants to put online. So... I think there's a lot of like, uh, kids nowadays who want to like be able to learn Gemara, but the last thing they want to do is put on Yamon to learn how to be able to do that. So how can we inspire the kids to want to put on Yamon 
So I think making this point, and I think speaking about it, and, 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 and asking children themselves, did they have an experience in life where they had to work hard at something and then achieved it? it it's something that you, you, what you're trying to do is say, let's say somebody who um, made it big in the basketball team or whatever it is, how much work did you put in? And the satisfaction of being whatever it was, what, how much of it was because of how much work you put in? Imagine you just had like this and it would come itself. You, you want to you wanna pinpoint that emotion to a child and you want to evoke that feeling. And then say the same thing will be true in learning. It's nice now, the fact you want to you get ahead of more, it's great. But the same way that in that situation, whatever it is that you worked for, kid worked for a test, he worked hard, and he got a certain grade, then, 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 it, uh, then it makes him feel good. I once heard from Aaron Cutler's grandson. He told me that his grandfather once walked into a base medrash, and there was a yid learning Gemara. And this person either was a beginner or was very, very weak, and he was really struggling with the words. And Aaron Cutler looked at it for a few moments, and his eyes missed it over. And he sort of was very teary. And someone asked him, the Shashiva probably has a Hamanis for this person. I heard Aaron Kata was an off-the-chart genius. Aaron Kata said, no, I'll never have the Amelos this person has. I'll never know what it means to struggle and, to, and the way he does. It's a, it, that's incredible <coughs> perspective of Aram Gadol. I, I think using experiences, emotional experience that a child had and leverage that to something like that, I think might be very productive. Okay. Thank Once you again, it's very, so very much. special Thank to be so with Ailam and a lot of, lot of atzlacha. You, it, it's really, uh, you, you accomplish great things. As I'm saying from experience, and Bez Hashem continue to do so. We'll have the opportunity to continue with the Rosh Hashiva in the base Vedrash in just a few minutes. So if everyone could do their best to help get the olam there, uh, be good. They're enjoying their time with everybody here. <laughs>